Welcome to Dodgers Daily. Casey Porter here. So glad that you decided to tune in. Fans, we have a very, very, very special guest all the way from down under in Australia. Liam Doolin joins. A second time I've had a chance to talk to somebody from Australia. Cameron Gibbons was the first one. So, Liam, I'm so excited to talk to you this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on here. Okay, mention the, the the interview I did with Cameron Gibbons. He mentioned that like you went to St. Dominic's and and baseball isn't necessarily a school sport in terms of being real competitive. So if you want to play competitive baseball, you have to be a part of you know some organizations. So I know you played for the Crimson Cannons. You played for Blacktown. Your mom was a big softball player. So talk about yep. you know your childhood of baseball and what that was like for you. Yeah, so baseball isn't really like big in school. I think the only thing we had in high school was like a like a tournament for a day, maybe. That was the extent of school baseball. And so if you want to play baseball, it's all club stuff in the weekends and different club teams and stuff like that. And so mom played softball. My uncles and grandfather played baseball as well. And yeah, they just had me ask if I wanted to do a try table day when I was probably five or six i think and yeah i just loved it ever since then played club ball growing up and first team was with the western sydney boomers played with them until i was about 14 before i moved over to blacktown and yeah played the rest of my club crew blacktown before going over to college and stuff like that so it was good have you ever played in the abl before yeah, yeah. I played the last three rounds of the ABL last year just to ramp up for the WBC. And then in 20, before I went to college, it might have been 2017, 18, I was a development player for the Canberra Cavalry. So I had like two appearances, was just there for the the home series, but it was a great experience being around all the older guys, a couple of affiliate guys there. So that was a good first taste of like pro ball and what it looks like. And I've heard, you know, Australia, ABL standing for Australian Baseball League. Man, they fly you everywhere. It's first class. It's like the major leagues. And there's some really cool trips you take on the, on in that league, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Some good trips. It's always good to travel around to the different cities around the country and explore different spots. So, I mean, it's all the main cities have teams. So it's always, yeah, good traveling around and seeing a bit of the country as well. So you've always had a dream to play in the United States, but what's the scouting system like? I mean, here you are playing on club teams. Your high school, you know, maybe a tournament on the weekend, something like that, a one-day tournament. How do you get noticed to, to get to come over to the United States? So I think the biggest thing if you get noticed is every year they have a, um, a tournament, which is like all the states. It's the National Youth Championships. And I played that when I was in under-14s, 16s, and 18s. And so I played for the New South Wales team, and that's usually around January, and you play against all the other states, and that's usually the biggest, like, I guess, time of year for scouting, other than international stuff with the national team when you're younger. But just being on that that state team, there's usually some scouts getting around. But when I was that age, I was pretty, not underdeveloped, but just was a late bloomer. So I didn't really have any interest up until I went to college with scouts or any pro stuff. So... I think in my last year in nationals, which in my senior year of high school, I was like 82, 84, maybe. So it was not a lot of interest back then. Just I was still in it and it was a great experience. But some of the kids that were throwing harder, that's where they sort of get their free agent signings and stuff like that. But I'd say that's probably the biggest scouting opportunity over here. And then the ABL as well. You know, some young guys playing to that and have the chance to sign if they're, you know, good enough and 
Yeah, that's probably about it. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned your high school, St. Dominic's. You gave, I know you went back there just recently and talked to all of the kids back there and gave them inspiration. That had to be really cool for you, didn't it? Yeah, that was a great experience. So one of my best friends growing up, Dylan Green, he went to the same high school and stuff, and so he's a teacher there now at St. Dom's. And, yeah, he had the idea of me coming in before I went over to the WBC. Actually, I think, no, it was after the WBC before I went over for extended spring training. And so, yeah, that was great to come in, see some old faces, and just talk to the kids about my, I guess, experiences and my journey to where I'm at now. And, yeah, hopefully I could inspire some kids. And I know when I was that age, I would have loved to have heard from someone that was in yeah the position that I'd love to be in and dreamed of. So, yeah, and that was good. You've been to the WBC a couple times. I know that was really cool. You actually got to play with Cameron Gibbons, who played at the Dodgers organization for a while. On that team, you guys took a trip to Japan. That had to have been a really cool experience. Yeah, that was great. So I met Cam. We had a, two exhibition games against Samurai Japan in November. And so that was just like a little taste to get ready for the WBC. And that's where I met Cam. And it was good. We went, you know, went for a walk. I think we walked to like a sports store looking at some gloves and stuff like that and just got chatting about the Dodgers. It was good to hear from someone that had, you know, been in and could give me some insight on, you know, how lucky it is to be a Dodger and just the difference between, like, other orgs and how the attention to detail of how they look after their players and give them the best support and resources and stuff like that. Like, it was – I heard a lot of good things from Cam. It was, you know, it made me more excited to get over there and get into it. Baseball makes the world smaller, doesn't it? I mean, here you are in Australia, and, and you're looking to, to reach your dream. And here you have this guy that's right here in front of you from Australia who played for the organization that you're going to end up signing with. So it makes it makes yeah. the world small, doesn't it? Yeah, it was great to hear from him and just, you know, get a, a more personal look without being there yet and what it's like and his experiences and stuff. It was, it was really good. Okay, so you went to Lamar, of course. When I say Lamar, I think it's I think of the Lamar in Texas. You went to the Lamar yep. Community College in Colorado. So, hey, I looked up the, the, the everyday average temperature, like from December through March, and it's like 80 degrees in Sydney, Australia. So, I mean, it's like yeah. – like, that would be like early summer here in Oklahoma. You know, so it's yeah. pretty warm during that time. So, here you go from Australia from, from 80 degrees in the wintertime – to like Colorado that's like not 80 degrees so what was that yeah. transition like how'd you get hooked up with with Lamar Community College yeah so I mean I'd been to the States the year before in 2017 and played for the Crimson Cannons on a Sunball team and from there I had some JUCO offers and some some schools in Seattle where they're all walk-on stuff and that's before I really I guess it developed more the velo still wasn't great I was probably low mid 80s up to 86 and so I decided to better myself and go home, work for the year, and save up the train of driveline. And so went home and did that. So you had driveline in Australia? No, in Seattle. Oh, in so Seattle. Was, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the main facility. And so I went home and saved up for that trip. And then the following summer, went over and spent the, the three months of driveline. And that's where I had some... Some great gains, and I guess, development. And really got a good first look at, like... The personalized training and you can actually physically develop and you know work towards gaining velo it's not just a god-given thing and um from there i ruined with a guy that was coached by the coach lamar and so he was helping him do some recruiting you know some of the guys in driveline and sent him some videos and he put me in contact with coach buck 
and yeah, pretty much from there, that was they had had a lot of um, I guess forward thinking coaches in the way of development. They were running the driveline program and had some rap soda and different things like that, different pieces of technology that I was looking to have at my disposal because I'd been at driveline and seen some good results. And so yeah, just through talking to Coach Buck and what it would be like, I'd you know committed there and went there for two years. But that was great. It was definitely a bit of a bit of a change from over here. You know, it was over there. I'd seen snow once in my life. We had, we did a ski trip when I was probably one year old, so I don't remember seeing it. But that was the first time really being you know in snow and in freezing cold weather. Like it was a big big change, but it was still a great experience. It was. It was fun. Yeah, you mentioned that that you went to driveline to increase your velo. You were mid-80s in high school. What's the fastest pitch you've thrown as a professional? As a professional, 97. I touched 98 in college. So that was a big difference from what I was growing up and even graduating as a senior in high school. Like I went from low mid-80s. And then I think when I was at driveline that summer, I ended up getting up to 94, being like a high 80s, low 90s. So I was a... A good jump for me, but I think it was just I always had the the physical, I guess, potential. A mm-hmm. Big frame. My dad's a big guy, but I just hadn't figured out how to tap into it yet. What are you about six five? Yeah, six five, two forty. Yeah, big old dude. So yeah, just tap into it. Did you get to meet Rob Hill there in Seattle at the drive line facility? I know that's how he, yeah. he was working there when he when he got caught on with the Dodgers. Yeah, so when I was there, Rob was one of the throwing trainers. Mm-hmm. He was one of the main throwing trainers. And then Ian Walsh was actually there as a strength trainer when I was at Driveline. So it's funny that those are the two guys that have now, you know, been able to be part of the same organization years later. It's a, it's a small world. It's crazy. Yep, no doubt about it. Okay, so you go from Lamar, that's a community college, two years. You go then to the NAIA powerhouse, Tennessee Wesleyan. So how'd you get hooked up there? Yeah, so I finished my last spring at Lamar, going through some recruiting stuff, and just it just seemed to be the best fit. I posted on Twitter actually, because you know that's a pretty good recruiting tool, guys, to get on Twitter and get some good looks when you tag like flack around apps and different things like that. And so I think I had the, it might have been the recruiting guy, Daniel Wood, reached out to me, D Wood, and just went from there. It was. It was a program that had a good history of winning and coach Barry's an amazing coach great guy and they just they had some I guess a pretty good track record of for NAIA moving guys on to the next level and that was my main goal and yeah the pitching coach as well coach Stoney was a good dude with some good ideas and we could kind of communicate back and forth and pitching things which was really good and that's that's what I was looking for so it was a great fit all right, so you go to Tennessee Wesleyan. You have a great career. Actually, you know, we small world's kind of the theme of, of this whole show. You talk about Rob Hill and Cam Gibbons. You actually played with LeBron Reynoso. He was a third baseman there on that Tennessee Wesleyan yeah. team who was a pitching teammate of yours last year. We'll get to him here in a minute. So, and like I said, very small yeah. world. So, hey, being NAIA, they are a powerhouse. They're, they're an incredible program. But being NAIA, it does make it difficult to get drafted. So you go undrafted, and so now you can sign with anybody that you want to. Why the Dodgers? I mean, they would, I guess, you know, it's the Dodgers. Like, they're known as one of the best orgs with development and even success at the big league level, which that's a, 
a great organization and so i mean i talked to rob hill and yeah i i got two of my best buddies back home they were huge dodger fans and so that seemed like a funny coincidence that they'd always loved the dodgers and i'd watched them growing up with them and yeah that was just a dream come true to have them call and be able to sign with them but yeah i think the the big thing of how they look after their players and how they're like pitching specifically for me like the resources and knowledge they have is just next level compared to some other orgs so really grateful to be a part of the, the dodgers so the folks got a chance to come over to the states and watch you pitch no yet. All they right. see me throw in japan so that was the first time they had traveled overseas to see me play so hopefully sometime Next year, I think they said they were either going to come over in spring training when we're in Arizona or maybe during the season as well. But we, yeah, still got to plan that. So that'll be exciting to have them over there and see me throwing in the States for the first time. It's been a long time coming. And we either need Rancho to get their video at home going so they can watch your video there, or we need to get you up to high <laughs> Great Lakes where every one of their games is on video there. Okay, so I got you at the 97, 98 mile hour fastball. What other pitches do you have? What is your pitch mix right now? So it was a lot of fastball slider this year. I think it was almost 50-50. And so it's more of like a, a gyro slider than a big sweeper. And then I recently added a splitter probably just before I turned up to extended spring training I started tweaking with it and I didn't throw that a bunch that was just more like a third look to play around with and kind of get used to the feel but it was give you a yeah, change a up of, profile maybe yeah and I threw a change up in college but the movement profile just wasn't super consistent and so I thought with the splitter because of the grip that would sort of do the work for me if I could get the feel for it and yeah, so that's just a work in progress of the splitter, but mainly fastball slider was where most of my success was at. So, what role do you see? You're in mid relief, you know, long relief, you do closer maybe? Where do you see yourself here? Um, I guess when I was at college, I closed a lot, and that was, you know, a lot of fun coming in, late innings, close game, the adrenaline's high, high energy, and that's sort of how I love the pitch and the moments I like to be in. But this year in Rancho, is kind of a, a mixed bag, kind of middle innings or coming after the starter and eight innings as well. So I think at some point I'd love to close again, but it just it all depends on what the, the Dodgers have in plan and what they think the best fit is. So you mentioned the Dodgers and their development. What adjustments did they make either to your pitch mix and or just to your style of pitching? Any? Yeah, I think the first adjustment was the slider. It was the movement profile wasn't too bad, but the velo was pretty low. I think just playing with grips and getting the velo up to more so the mid-high 80s has been the goal with that. That was probably the the biggest change. And then just working on some mechanical things right now in the off-season, hoping to get the the velo a little more consistent consistent and kind of, you know, just you're always trying to improve and it's never enough to throw as hard as you do. So it's just, you know, chipping away at those things with mechanics and, yeah, I'd say the mechanics and the slide is probably the two biggest things. Before we move on to the fun questions, can you share a little bit about what you told the kids back at St. Dom's and the message for all the Australian kids that, that have a dream like you to become a professional baseball player in America? Yeah, I think the main the main message is probably like working through adversity. And, you know, you might not be where you be, but if you continuously show up and put in the work, then you can achieve whatever you put your mind to. So that was kind of 
the biggest message is sharing my sharing my story and not being like a any sort of pro prospect out of college or looking like I was going to sign at that point and then just betting on myself to go train and develop and put in the work and then when you have setbacks as well it was just trying to get across to them that it's not the end of the world and everyone goes through it and it's tough but if you have a good support system and you just keep chipping away then then yeah it can all turn out good you guys are seven hours ahead of where i'm at i believe five hours ahead of pacific time how, how far is the flight how long is the flight from from sydney to california it's probably about 13 hours 14 hours wow from yeah la to sydney wow that's uh so what'd you think about california when you got out there pretty cool yeah that was the the first time i'd been out in cali other than like layovers lax and it was great i think it reminded me with the landscape and the weather a lot a lot of probably compared to home especially being a rancher because where i'm at here is like an hour inland from the city sydney on the coast and Rancho is probably for what, 50 minutes or so inland from L.A. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I enjoyed it. The weather's nice. It's sunny, warm, green, and it's not too far from the beach as well. So, yeah, I loved it. Shu is an unbelievably professional manager. And then Coin and Tronky, your two pitching coaches, they're unbelievable, aren't they? Yeah, they're great guys, great resources, and just good to have around. Okay, so I mean, you ready to get some fun questions so Dodgers fans can get to know you a little bit better? Yeah. Okay, so LeVon Reynoso was a teammate back in at Tennessee Wesleyan. He was also a teammate last year on your Rancho Cucamonga Quakes team. He was a third baseman in college, transitioned to pitcher, big old dude. Got a chance to talk yeah. to Peyton Martin. I asked him who would win an arm wrestling contest if it broke out on the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes team, he said LeVon Reynoso. I got to ask, yeah. you're a big dude, man. 6'5", 240. Could you beat LeVon Reynoso in an arm wrestling match? Jeez, that's that's tough because, you know, he's a, he's a big boy as well. And we were actually living together at Rancho and going to school together, so close. But I think that's more of a wait and see type of thing because it would be pretty pretty close. It would be a good battle. I'd, I'd like to say that I'd be able to take him down, but he's just, he's so quiet and humble and sneaky, sneaky, strong for how, how big he is. Like, you wouldn't expect such a big guy to be so soft-spoken. And, yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't want to say a tie, but I think we would need to test that out at some point. Probably we without. that one then, on a live Zoom call on Dodgers Daily, and it needs to be Doolin and Reynoso. We need, we need to duke that one out to the finish. Okay, what's the funniest thing yeah. you've done, uh, not in baseball, uh, since you've come to the States? I was trying to think of this earlier, and I just couldn't put my finger on anything, like especially non-baseball related. Jeez, this is probably the one I was really trying to think about, and I just couldn't think of anything one of the things i thought was funny it's definitely not the funniest thing but i got a a tank top that has steve Irwin on the front of it <laughs> and i think the original photo was like him holding like a crocodile but it's cropped out so he's holding a, a beer bottle instead and that's always always a good laugh when i wear that and you know he's such a australian icon people see that and think it's funny and love the cutoff so that's probably not the funniest thing but that's for some reason, what just popped into my mind. When you're in the States, what do you miss most about Australia? I'd say I probably miss my family the most, honestly. I'm pretty pretty close to my family. I got a younger brother, an older sister, and she has two kids. So I got a little niece and nephew. 
and a third one on the way. So, yeah, just super close to my family, mum and dad as well, seeing my family and friends. I'd say that's definitely what I miss most when I'm away. You mentioned this earlier, but you went from the warm environment of Sydney to Colorado to, to, to play college baseball. So, first of all, how did you handle that transition to the cold weather, and do you have one memory that you can think of when you were pitching that you were so cold you couldn't even believe it? Um, it's just one of those things where, like, you know, you can't control it, so you just kind of got to find ways to deal with it and make the most out of what you can. I think it was good. We had a pretty good indoor facility at Lamar, enough to be able to get your work in and not be out there in the cold. And, yeah, that was just a probably a, I don't know. I feel like it would have had to have been games early in the year because... I can't think of a specific game, but I remember both years, like getting ready for our first game in the spring and having to shovel snow off the field and get the tops off and stuff like that. And, you know, back home, it's usually dealing with the heat. And at some point, you'd have games where it'd be too hot to play. And then you come over here and it's freezing and you got to get rid of the snow and get your hand warmers in your pockets and different things like that to kind of try and keep the feeling in your fingers. But. Yeah, it's a hard thing to juggle because you can only wear so much when you pitch to have the freedom to move and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, an interesting thing to deal with that I just had no experience with being back home. <laughs> Do you ever have any moments that you were shoveling snow and you were freezing? You're like, what am I doing, man? <laughs> it's yeah, <pretty> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. I don't think that was exactly what I was thinking of when I come to the States to play baseball and, you know, live out the college experience was shoveling snow off the field. But that's all a part of it. And I mean... It was, yeah, still a lot of fun. The guys make the most of it when you're out there, and it kind of sucks, but you're, you're around the boys, and you're having some good laughs, so it ends up being a good time anyway. What is the biggest misconception of that, that the Americans have of either Australia or Australians? Uh, I don't know if it's the biggest misconception, but the thing I always hear is the, the bugs and the animals and everything wants to kill you. And I wouldn't say it's a misconception <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, all the – the spiders and snakes and crocodiles and whatever else and so i don't think that's a misconception because they do exist but people think it's like an everyday thing in the house you're trying to dodge all these animals throughout your daily life like they're there and they exist but it's just not quite as frequent as i think it's made out to be on social media and stuff like that so crocodile dundee definitely is a movie and it's not a lifestyle right yeah, I mean, maybe back then it could have been a lifestyle for some people, but more so a movie for sure. Okay, Liam, to get to the point you're at, you know, hey, you're 14 hours away from, of course, you're in Australia now, which is really cool because you get to go back home and spend your off season with your family. But when you're in the States playing baseball, you're 14 hours away from home. And, you know, obviously that that's, that's hard to do. So, you know, there's a lot of people that have spent a lot of time trying to make you who you are. This is your chance to thank everybody. Yeah, I mean, everyone throughout my journey, like, everyone's had their little piece. The, I'd say some of the main people's definitely my family, my parents, they've always supported me. Mum and dad, even, you know, through the good and the bad, they've always been there and always always been a great support system for whatever I've been going through, like, the highs and the lows. Just the rest of my family in general, my brother and my sister, Sean and Jamie, my grandparents, everyone like that. Coaches growing up, I mean, especially the guys at Blacktown, when I come home, they're also welcoming to see me and see how things are going and stuff like that. So 
Nathan Wright or Lefty is what we call him. He's always backed me from a young age, even when it wasn't looking like I was going to be where I am now. He always seen the, the hard work and the potential of what I could be. And so I always appreciate him for for supporting me and kind of giving me the time of day. And yeah, I mean, there's just so many people, I guess, when you yeah, sure. when you get to this point. It's, yeah, a lot of guys. So I forgot to ask you, though, but you're back home in Australia. Where do you work out? What's your routine? I know the Dodgers probably gave you a routine to do out. But who do you work out with, where at, and all that kind of stuff? For the most part, I'm probably working out by myself. I mean, I'd go down to the Blacktown Workers Club field or maybe the Sydney Blue Sox is pretty close by as well. That's the local ABL team I was with last year, and I won't be throwing in the ABL this year, but I might get around some of those guys because they got, you know, some pro dudes down there as well but for the most part it's me i go to the gym and my brother's a pretty big gym junkie so it's always good when i can get in there with him and kind of go back and forth that's a good time and then yeah whoever's kind of willing to come down and throw with me or hang out and get some work in it, it sort of varies day to day but yeah just getting down to the park and just getting my work in it's nothing too flash or anything like that but it's it's enough to get my work in all right, Liam. Hey, man, I know you were super busy and you cherish your time back home in Australia with your family and friends. So this is super kind of you to come on to Dodgers Daily and spend some time. So thank you so much, Liam. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a great opportunity.